On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, the Sixers in New York drop a tough one in a familiar way. We'll tell you why that's important when we get this thing started right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. What's happening, D? Trade deadline week. That's what's happening, Keith. True. True. <laughs> it's always fun. It's always fun. So that's, uh, that's kicking off for a lot of basketball fans all around the country all around the world wondering what their teams may do and with that later on we'll talk about what one team in the Atlantic Division already did the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving how that impacts the Sixers and what the Sixers may be looking into some of your intel that you've been able to uh, gather as we talk about the 76ers but before we get started we want to welcome everybody you're locked on 76ers I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio here in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey from the Enquirer.com, Sixers Beat Writer Extraordinaire. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube, Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, an 11-point loss on Sunday to kick off the uh, work week, if you will, kick off the new week. Sixers fall by 11 to the New York Knicks, 108-97. And then this one, Keith, as we talk about the familiar way for them to lose, they got off to a hot start, man. They were up by 21 in the first quarter. New York played on Saturday, so it was a back-to-back situation for them. They lost in overtime, extra session against the Clippers. So you felt like maybe their legs be a little tired, they'd be a little fatigued, no R.J. Barrett in the game. This, this might be a tough one for them, right? And, hey, you know, Sixers jump on them, and you're like, yeah, this pretty much is going as planned. Maybe not exactly the way I thought, but they were missing everything in the first quarter. The Sixers were on fire. And as a result, there was going to be a comfortable win uh, on Sunday. Instead, as soon as Joel Embiid and the rest of the starters, Keith, came out. I didn't mean to laugh, but the way it happened. Yeah, it that's the way it Up 21. After one, you're up 11. At the break. Up two after three, up three. You even up six in the start in the fourth quarter when Maxie had an and one to put the team up six, 82, 76. And it was really the bench that turned the whole thing around. And Doc Rivers said after the game, Keith, that he felt like the bench had been playing really well. The team has been playing really well. As we know, we know it. 17 games over five, I mean, 14 games over 500 uh, at one point there. They've been playing really well. But in this one, he mentioned how the bench came in and felt that they needed to continue with the offense like the like the starters had put up. Instead, they forgot how to play defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it got to a point. They forgot how to play defense. I mean, the, the thing was, Montrez Harrell was a minus 15 in three minutes and 17 seconds. I mean, you look at Shake Milton. 
minus 27 in nine minutes, 48 seconds. Like, you know what I mean? Tyrese Maxey, minus 23 in 23 minutes. I mean, it goes on and on, right? Uh, George Niang, minus 20 in nine minutes, 17. So it, it, it was it was horrible, dude. I mean, in that all-bench lineup, it was – I mean, it was – the bleeding just started. I mean, and it wouldn't stop. Now, here's something else. Like, you're right. You know, they, they were up nine in the third quarter, and they take Joel out. Mm-hmm. And then it starts gradually going down. And like you said. Again. <laughs> again. The, like you said, they were up six. And then all of a sudden, I believe they went on a 17-2 run or yeah. something like that. So it was it was, uh, it was it was bad. I mean, it was, it was bad. And the bench, you know, has been outplayed. And, and the, the bad thing about this is, that's how they lost the game against Orlando. That's why they I blew. familiar. <laughs> yeah, familiar. They, then they blew. I mean, they they blew another league, a fourteen point lead against Orlando, but they were able to win the game. And San Antonio. And San Antonio, and it's like it's getting to a point where it's starting to look like how it did in the beginning of the season, where you take Joel Embiid out and everything falls apart. You know what I mean? And that's how it's starting to look right now for the Sixers. And just to be clear, when Paul Reed came in, the same thing happened, just like Montrez Harrell could not sustain things. Uh, he had a couple of bad possessions there when the ball had to find him. James Harden, when he was in there together with Paul Reed in the fourth quarter, uh, James Harden had broke down the defense. Took him a long time, though. I give It took him way too long. He was too much dribbling. Found Paul Reed along the dunker spot area. And as he found him, Keith, Paul Reed didn't realize what the time was on the shot clock. I saw that. And he pump faked. And while the defense was there, which hesitate, which caused him to hesitate and not take the shot, he, he ball faked. And when he ball faked, that just took, again, extra few tenths of a second off and then to a second. And then he had to try to get, force a, a tough shot, and it was already expired there on the shot clock. This is why when we get into the final segment, we're going to bring up what we talked about last week when we identified what we felt the team might be in need of, of identifying at the trade deadline on Thursday. And, and that's the issues that they do have uh, with their reserve five minutes. But all that said with the defense, the other part with the reserves were, Keith, they couldn't score. And as a result, New, New, uh, Brooklyn was able to get out and transition, go the other way, get their runouts get some pretty good looks, and they were making their shots there at the end of the first, going into the second, as you pointed out, 17 nothing run. At the end of the second, it was like 27-7 to run going into halftime. So it just simply did not work out at all. The bench lineup wasn't great. And when the starters came in, they weren't that much better. You mentioned how they went up nine again, and then boom, right away. And B comes out, and another run starts. But he had to get a breather. He couldn't stay out there forever. Then he started to have bad turnovers. They only had two turnovers at the break, Keith, two turnovers. Then they just simply started coughing the ball up, which was ridiculous because they had protected the basketball so well throughout the entire game. And then one more thing, Keith, as we talk about the turnovers, even at 12-12, they had 10. The bench, you mentioned the bench points. What were the bench points in this one? Because it it really didn't look good on on the Sixers, uh, the discrepancy there with the bench points. It was thirty. It was thirty-seven. 
It was 37 to um, 14, 16. 16, 16. Now, not only that, the Sixers bench players shot 27.2%. Their reserves. Yeah. You know, and then when you, and, and all that's misleading because when you look at it, they made six of 22 shots. Tyrese Maxey made four of eight. So when you take that away, that's what, that's, that's two, that's, that's two of um, 18. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that, that, that's bad math, Keith. It, that, that's like, that's two of 14. Two of 14. E- either yeah. way, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Now, look, they've been really good. Really good. We just talked about the, what was that, 67 that they put up against San Antonio, the bench? Mm-hmm. They left a lot of that. In yeah, but I, I, I ain't going with that, bro. No, no I'm no, saying. We ain't going to say that. They, they, yeah. they left a lot of that there because there was no reason um, why some of that stuff shouldn't have come with them to New York. They had a day off. Yeah, because the reason why I said I ain't doing that is because San Antonio tanking this this Brooklyn Nets team is they're young, New young. They're trying to make the play. I mean, this New York team is young, but they're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I wasn't doing that. I was saying they left a yeah. lot of 47 oh, points, yeah. is something they typically get. In this case, yeah. so they could have used 20 more here tonight because it, it just it wasn't bad. So tough one. And, uh, you know, the team also minus uh, six and made three pointers. Uh, they only made seven. They had four in the first quarter, only able to make three throughout the rest of the game. So a big-time struggle against New York. New York now has a 2-1 series lead. The Sixers do face them and host them on Friday. Uh, so we'll see if the Sixers can even up the season series as they are still in front uh, of the New York Knicks in the standings three games uh, behind the Boston Celtics for that spot in, in the standings, uh, in the Eastern Conference standings. So tough loss, man. Tough loss. Tough loss. Next up, Boston on Wednesday at the TD Garden. Another tough test. Well, Keith, on the other side, we got to talk about uh, some things that may change the dynamic of the Eastern Conference a little bit because the Brooklyn Nets finally traded Kyrie Irving. He requested a deal. He got the deal, and it appears he got the deal that he wanted going to Dallas. We'll tell you why that is impactful for the Sixers and the rest of the Eastern Conference when we come back right here on Locked On 76ers. And as we get ready for the trade deadline, and maybe you're one that stays up all night waiting for these alerts from Keith Pompey when the story breaks. I don't know. But if you need a little snack while you're doing so and not trying to eat anything too heavy, you're looking for a delicious treat, you want to try something, you got to try a Built Bar. Well, we just got through the holidays, and I know my goal, just like many of you, was to eat healthier this year and some of my family and friends as well. And if you're like me and them, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise the taste, then, man, I've got something for you. You got to try Built. Built is uh, healthy and it's actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built's bar so good? Well, for starters, they're 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. That part is still good to have. And they come in some unbelievable flavors from churro, peanut uh, butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein while maintaining amazing macros. It's simple. It's just like a, like a candy bar, but only better. And now you don't need to wait around to order on Built.com, as we've always told you. You can still do that 
But now you can even get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and uh, tell them I sent you and grab yourself a box of Bill Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or even coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You'll thank me later. Don't stay up too late for the trade deadline. He'll, Keith will take care of you, but make sure you get that built bar uh, when you do. All right, welcome back. You are locked on 76ers. Again, Keith Pompey, Devon Gibbons with you. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, Brooklyn. Their star player and Kyrie Irving told them last week, late last week, that he wanted out. And uh, he wanted out. They were up against it. A week later, uh, is the trade deadline. They got it done in about three days on Sunday, a blockbuster, if you will, because of Kyrie Irving's name, uh, to Dallas to team up with Luka Doncic. They get in return Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, three first-round picks, while Markeith Morris also goes to Dallas with Kyrie Irving. So, Keith, first, what do you make of this trade? Was it a good deal for both sides? Did they both make out well in this one? And what does this mean for the Eastern Conference and, most importantly, for us here for the Sixers? I like Dorian Finney-Smith, but I don't think it's a good trade for uh, Brooklyn. But what they got is they got one first and they got two seconds. So they got a first in 2029, a second in 2029, and a second in 2027. So, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with those, you know, those those draft picks down the road. But to me, it looks like, you know, Brooklyn's about to start rebuilding. Now, I know they have KD, but my thing is, if you're KD and you're thinking about, I like Dorian Finney-Smith, I do. I like him a lot. I do, um, too. I, do I, too. I like him a lot. Um, Wait, I'm I personally, too. But, but what I'm saying is, it's like, you lost a, a a future Hall of Famer, so to speak, a, a All Star, perennial All NBA type of guy, and you're getting Spencer Dinwiddie back, and you're getting Dorian Finney Smith, and and you're getting draft picks, right? But they also had to give up Markeith Morris as well to get him, and, and not to say you know Markeith is like how who he was years ago, but when I look at that. I look at Brooklyn as taking a step back in the East. I mean, because when you look at it right now, so you're saying to me, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to take up the production that uh, that Kyrie had. I don't think that's going to happen, right? And then you look at Ben Simmons. Ben has been struggling, man. If it was the old Ben Simmons, then you say, okay, we see what we're going to do. But Kyrie has been taking over a lot of that point guard stuff for him. So, you know, I just look at it as if that all this is leading to is KD saying, hey, I'm definitely out. Trade me. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's going to come before the trade deadline, but I'm pretty sure he's not happy that that he's stuck here right about now or stuck in Brooklyn. Well, 32 and 20 are, are the Brooklyn Nets. They're two games back at the Sixers in the fourth spot. Right now, the Sixers in the third spot. And uh, they are four and a half games back of the Brook of the Boston Celtics. I like you think they're going to take a step back. Uh, you're not going to get the same production. Kyrie Irving is still Kyrie Irving, 
when it comes to the basketball side of things. So Spencer Dinwiddie is not going to do that. But between he and Dorian Finney-Smith and, I don't know, Cam Thomas, whoever, they'll try to find a way to make up for the points that he averages, 26, I think it was, 27 on the campaign he's averaging. And I think the most important thing, though, Keith, outside of the, the, the draft picks, they just got rid of the headache for Brooklyn. What does that do for morale? What does that do? We dealt with that last year here with the Sixers, where once the Ben Simmons thing was done, they don't have to answer questions anymore. And while this just happened with Kyrie Irving, he has so many things happening all year that they had to answer so many questions. So I think part of it is just that relief and that deep sigh of relief of just he's gone now. Now, you still have to deal with the Kevin Durant part because you don't know how he feels in terms of that being his friend, that's his partner. He was upset with the franchise himself, wanted a, a, a trade during the offseason because Kyrie Irving didn't get what he wanted. Kevin Durant, based on what we had you know, heard, was that he wasn't happy that they were treating him the right way. So I think it was more the headache that Brooklyn got away from. But now they can just go out there and play basketball. The Simmons part is still hovering over him. Who knows? He might be traded. Uh, Kevin Durant, as you talked about, who knows? He might be traded. But when that stuff happens, then you're probably, as you mentioned, looking at a different type of rebuild that they're going to have. So it's a tough one, man, for for uh, for Brooklyn. But I, but I think it's more of just getting away from the, all the stuff that comes with Kyrie Irving. Can't trust him yeah, from from afar, looking at him from leaving Cleveland when he still had LeBron there, going to Boston, telling the Boston people he was going to resign there in front of fans and standing ovation. He bails on them, goes to Brooklyn. Now he leaves there and he's going to Dallas. If I was a fan of any of these franchises that he was a part of, I wouldn't want him anywhere near my team, anywhere near my team. And even when the, the Keith, when the name like Phoenix came up, why? You know, I'm like, I, I don't want him on that team. I don't want him there. No, <laughs> right? yeah. Believe me, dog, you wouldn't worry about that because your cousin was going to be on his way back east. He wasn't mm-hmm. going to stick Probably around. Probably not for him, but yeah. Well, more, it was part of it. Yeah. More Kevin Durant than him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but here's exactly. the thing. I understand what you're saying, but you mean to tell me, like, they had all opportunities to trade this dude this summer, and they probably would have got better deals, yeah. right? Like, so I get the headache part. That's but, that, exactly. But, but but I get that. But see, the thing about it is, is a difference when you have a headache who's a great player and who has been playing great, right? So I understand that. But to me, like, for instance, he could have – like, there were teams who wanted him. There were – In the summer. There were, no, also here now, the Lakers mm-hmm. wanted him, yeah. right? There were teams who wanted him. And to me, I get it. Like, uh, you know, I, I get it, man. Maybe those draft picks meant a lot, but yeah. I, I just felt like they could have had some better options out there. I mean, I'm not know. disagreeing with you. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. They probably weighed all those and decided this is the best one because, uh, as you mentioned, the Lakers weren't willing to come up off those two coveted picks that they have in the first round. Dallas was Phoenix to your point maybe they told them no when they asked for certain players so uh, I think as you talked about it it was probably better things coming back in a deal in the summer and as a result with all the stuff that happened there were still people who wanted them but weren't give, willing to give up as much as 
they may have thought. So they had to take what they could get instead of him just walking at the end of the year for nothing. And that's what they did. And I think part of it was that because he could just leave and the other being, yeah, it's a headache. Let's just get rid of it. And Joe Sy, the owner, got what he wanted also. He's in the Western Conference and not the East, if yeah. that was the mandate. So, yeah. So what does it mean for the Sixers? Just simply, um, I think it's one less team to worry about. Simple. One less team to worry about today. They can make a move on Thursday and still change things. Today, I just don't, like you said, I don't think they're that good. And, and that's where we are with the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. All right. Well, listen, final one on the other side. We'll talk about Nerlens Noel and some backup bigs because we talked about it earlier, how the Sixers gave up this 21-point lead. A lot of work being done in the painted area. When when B comes off the floor, they need a better defensive center to go along with the offensive-minded players that they have. Who could that be? Nerlens Noel was one of the names. Why that could be a fit here in Philadelphia? Possibly. We'll do that next right here, Locked On 76ers. Now, here we go. Luka Doncic, will he score 30 points, D? Will he still get Will he still get the 30-something yeah. points per yeah. game? Yeah. You know what I mean? LeBron James, will he have more than 7.5 rebounds? What about KD when he gets back? 6.5 assists? That's probably going to go down lower. Uh, Steph Curry, more, more than 3.5 threes whenever he comes back from that knee injury? Um. Here's the thing. That's the thing about prize pick. With prize pick, you take two to six players, and if they will score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download the prize pick app. Go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePick will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePicks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for your instant deposit match up to $100. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. That's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. All right, Keith, uh, you wrote a piece and, you know, talked about a variety of different things with this team. And one of the things, of course, leading up to the deadline is uh, what they could be doing. We talked about this on Friday, potential moves that they may make. And that was when Kyrie Irving not put out the info that he wanted to be moved. And right now for the Sixers, while you may not be in the mix for a player like Irving, more along the fringes to help out, not in the starting lineup, but more in the rotation. And one of those things is a backup big. You mentioned Nerlens Noel. I was intrigued by that one. Um, makes $9 million this year and has a club option. The team has a club option on him for his final year after signing a three-year deal with the Knicks. Nine- 9.2 this year, 9.6 next year with a club option. So, Keith, what what are you um, what are you what are you hearing uh, about anything in particular? Why Nerlens Noel? Would this be a good fit in returning to Philadelphia? Well, well, I mean, yeah, especially after last night, <laughs> but um, yeah, but here, here's the deal: like, you know, the, the the Sixers contacted the Pistons to inquire about Nerlens in the trade, and the Athletic was the first ones to report that, right? 
But see, the thing about it is, like, Nerlens would be a good fit because they need a rim protector. He's more of he's a center. Like, is he, is he the same type of rim protector that we used to see? You know, I mean, I in the opportunity that he thing. got and he, and he played, you saw it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You saw him. I mean, like, when they played against the Sixers, he only played, well, that was his first start of the season, his 10th appearance of the season. He blocked Joel's shot three times. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, let's be real. It's one of those things where he's in the playoffs. You hope that he's not on the floor a lot. But when he's out there, you don't want the partner of the Red Sea like we've been seeing lately with this team, right? Mm-hmm. You know? But here's the problem. So I'm going to take the Dallas Mavericks off the list of the teams who've been inquiring about them because I don't know what type of assets they had. But you got the Boston Celtics, the Sacramento Kings, the Miami Heat, and the Denver Nuggets all expressing interest, right? And the, and the source told me that um, the Pistons would be open to buying out Noel's contract if he goes untraded. Now, the thing is, um, a source also said that Nerland's hometown team, the Celtics, are looking at him as a player to add for certain matchups in the postseason. And they're serious about that. They know like there are going to be certain teams that they may need him against. So they want to get him as opposed to letting him go to another team and possibly hurting them in the playoffs. So that's where the problem lies that he may not be there for the Sixers. Now, I don't even know if the Sixers would have to give up multiple players to get him, right? To get a guy that probably won't play that much because of um, Joel. But at the same time, is is one of those things where they could get him in the buyout market, but I don't know if he'll be around. I think that, you know, dumb, uh, dumb, dumb, um, all these teams uh, coming after him may try to force them to just take a deal to get something as opposed to just buying out his contract. Sure. Yeah. Um, Boston is interesting because Robert Williams starts. Al Horford plays the four, but also plays the five. Luke Cornett gets minutes there. And uh, I guess New Orleans would fit in that in that role there in the Luke Cornett minutes if they were to go in that direction. And for him, going back home, if he felt like he could handle it, playing at home, instead of coming back to Philadelphia, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't mind the name at all. When we brought him up before. I don't mind the name at all, Nero's Noel, coming back to Philadelphia. There are a few others that are out there that we could talk about and and, and just guess, but you know, you do a lot of work getting the intel. So we'll we'll wait on that and and figure all that stuff out. There are a lot of guys, uh names I like. The one one kid I like is Richards from Charlotte, but he's not available. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. Yeah, young player like that. Uh, not available. You get made from Pumley, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might be right. You we'll might be right. Him. But, uh, but Nerlens is, is a good name. And uh, we'll probably hear a lot more as we go along, get into the deadline on Thursday, Thursday, 3 p.m. Yeah. Thursday, 3 p.m., the NBA trade deadline. Got off to a bang, man, with the Kyrie Irving part. So we'll see what else follows. Could be some other ones, especially with the teams tanking, trying to get into uh, the lottery to get that that French kid. Yeah, the tall kid, Victor. So we'll see. But um, 
Listen, thanks, man. Appreciate it as always. And we thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And on our next episode, talk a little bit more closer to the trade deadline, some of the things that the Sixers may need to identify and uh, what they may be looking for. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? Get wherever you get your podcast, and tonight you can find my man D on 97.5 FM from 10 to 10 p.m. to midnight. Super Bowl week, yeah, Super Bowl week. Oh, so that you're gonna do that every night, 10 to midnight, Super pretty Bowl much. Week? <laughs> okay, pretty much, yeah, super. Hey, man, you know, that's the biggest thing going, yeah, yeah, and, until uh Monday. <laughs> Let me stop. There's gonna be the parade, right? So, so yeah. uh. So yeah, so you can you can listen to D there, but then also follow him on Twitter at Divine G975. Follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers. And you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer.com. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday. Enjoy it. Enjoy Super Bowl week. And uh the Sixers get back at it on Wednesday in Boston. We'll talk to you on uh we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great one. Thanks, Keith. All right, man. Peace. All right.